You are now listening to the Moon Child. It is March 15th, day, actually no, March 16th, Tuesday afternoon. I'm in my apartment right now. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. California officially moves to the red area, so non-essential businesses will be opening, indoor dining, all that's gonna be happening. So we're moving up, we're moving in the right direction as far as COVID-wise. Um, this has been a good year so far, knocking on wood. But unfortunately, it is time to throw the towel. It's time to throw the towel. I try to keep the good energy. I try to keep belief in this team in this season when it comes to the Kings and it's just not gonna happen this year. And, you know, understandably, we are in a situation called a rebuild. But when you are a Kings fan and you haven't been to the playoffs in 14, now it's going to be 15 years. You don't want to hear the word rebuild. But I have to constantly remind myself that we do have a new GM. This is not the roster that he built. He hasn't made any moves as far as trades with this roster i'm positive that he doesn't plan to have this roster moving forward or build around um De'Aaron fox and tyrese halliburton with the, these pieces we're obviously going to be heading in a new direction but it just sucks when you know your team is constantly not going to the playoffs and it gives you very little hope but it's always still good to believe that good times are coming but with this roster, it's just not happening. You can blame Luke all you want. I don't see any coach making things happen with this roster. And it, it sucks what's frustrating. It's not like Oklahoma City Thunder or even the Timberwolves. Timberwolves does have a lot more talent, but they're also young. You know, you got the Thunder. Young. Cavs. Young. This is a team full of veterans outside of our young pieces that we're building around. So, for example, Fox is 23, about to turn 24, I believe, this year. Tyrese is 20. And then we got Rashawn Holmes, who's like 27, 28. Buddy Hill, 28. Harrison Barnes, 28. Corey Joseph, 29. Bayalisa, 31. Um, Hassan Whiteside, 31. These guys are like in their primes, kind of, which is not that good. And... They're getting to their 30s. They're not getting any younger. And they're not going to show how much better of a... They're not going to progressively get better as a player. They're kind of at their peak already. You know what I'm saying? They're veterans. They're experienced players just playing terribly together as a collective. Not saying that everybody's a terrible player, but um, we're not getting dubs. And this team is showing that... They're not going to be a playoff team. We're the worst team ever defensively. We don't show. We don't feel like we're playing with enough passion, and we just don't have enough talent. That's that's really what it is. A lot of other teams in the West are just simply more talented than us, and it's just not fair to Fox. I don't think it's good for his career to just be constantly losing like this. Um, I know he wants to get this team to the playoffs, but I try to tell y'all the time is ticking, and I'm not going to hold Fox. Hold any blame on Fox if he wants to leave Sacramento um, in three or four years if things don't change. So 
Look, we do have Tyrese. We have two things to build on. But we got to see where we're going now. And it sucks yesterday as well. Marvin Bagley hurt his hand. And I'm going to just come out and say it right now. I wouldn't... Yes, we missed on Luka. But I always say this. Um, Luka is not what we needed. I don't know if Luka would probably have the same success with the Kings organization. We probably would have fucked things up. Or Darren Fox would have probably never became the player he became um if if luca was on the team because he's so much more ball dominant but i would say this we missed on jaron jackson he has been injured all this year but as far as what we were looking for um in that position jaron jackson is the better player than marvin bagley and with the situation with marvin bagley i don't see us paying him to another a second contract um to build forward with this team i just don't see it happening and I feel like he can have a good career somewhere else. I don't think he wants to be in Sacramento. And I can't hold him, you know, I can't hold no blame on him for that. All he knows about Sacramento, the Sacramento Kings, he's only like a year older than me. All he knows is that this team haven't been to the playoffs and they've been a terrible organization in the 21st century since 2006. So um, I would like to move on from that, from Bagley. Um... And like I said before, this roster will not get any better, especially if we don't make trades. And we got to talk about the people that needs to go. Um, Corey Joseph should be gone. Bailisa is going to probably be gone. I don't even know what the hell we're doing with Jabari Parker. Whiteside is probably about to be gone next year. We're still not even playing for some odd reason. And the big two, the, you know, it comes down to these two people, as I always repeat myself with Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes. We have to get rid of one of those contracts. Those are not the building. I think Harrison Barnes could be, but because Harrison Barnes is playing so well, we might get something better in return for Harrison Barnes than we will for Buddy Heald. Um, and like I, Buddy Heald can be a shooter. You know, he can always be a shooter, but I don't like that price having him for 24 million. He's not like um, Joe Harris. Uh, moving without the ball the way he do not moving around with the ball like JJ Redick um, like when he was in his prime he's very inconsistent and he's been way too inconsistent and we traded him we traded him we traded Boogie for him to you know hopefully become that number one guy scoring wise and he was for a little bit but it's not enough he's not he can't be the number one scorer on a on a playoff team it's just not happening and um, De'Aaron Fox has shown that he has to become the best scorer for us to have a better chance to win. Because if we rely on Buddy to be the number one option, we wouldn't win. We'll be in 15th place in the West right now instead of 13th. So I'm over it. Um, I'm very hard on Buddy, I know. But it's because we traded my favorite Kings player for him. And I, I'm going to keep referring it to the Bulls and the Pacers. Pacers lost their star on Paul George, got Victor Oladipo and Sabonis in return. But they be, they develop their games as players and individual players, and then you also have um, Zach Levine. If, if you want to say the Pacers, oh, they're a good organization. That's why they're okay. Let's bring up the Bulls. The Bulls hasn't been a good organization um, since since the MJ days. Yeah, you got that little D Rose and Noah era, but they were going past the era. They haven't been good since the Jimmy Butler era. But they got themselves a star in Zach Levine, and Zach Levine has developed into a top tier shooting guard buddy healed has not 
So that's where I'm coming at. And he also is a four-year college player. Um, he should have more than enough experience. And this is his fifth year in the league. So I just haven't seen no significant jump. And he's just way too inconsistent. I can't take it no more. You're too inconsistent to be that bad on defense. Can't, too inconsistent on offense to be that bad as he is on defense. So um, if we can get some young pieces... Like I said, hopefully Matisse Thibault. I don't like this. People, when it comes to Harrison Barnes, they talk about the Boston Celtics. I don't want Romeo Langford and uh, Aaron Naismith for Harrison Barnes. You got to at least throw another first-round pick or something. Because, uh, like, like I said, getting a collection of young talent might not mean anything if, if the, you know, if the organization up top is not building a winning culture. We're just gonna have a losing culture with young players. So, it's a tough situation. Like I said, luckily we have people to build around, but we need to be able to have a mixture of young players and veteran players. Right now we just have two young players, you know, some in the G League um, developing, but then a whole bunch of veteran players that's not helping the young players at all right now. We're not having no type of success. There's no reason why we can't be competing for the 7th the or 8th seed right now. There's no reason why teams like the Grizzlies, who have less experienced players on their team, is doing better than our experienced players. It just doesn't make no sense. Just a lack of talent. So um, so as far as that, you're going to see me. It's March Madness starting on Thursday. Uh, I'll get in a little bit into that. Uh, I got to I mean, keep it. I've been watching some college basketball. So since the ACC sucks now, if you don't know the ACC, that's the um, conference with Duke, North Carolina, and all of them. They've been pretty trash. Um, but the most interesting conference has been the Big 12. They say Big 10 has been really interesting as well, but the Big 12 is so, so competitive. Well-coached and just a competitive conference. And you see a new team take it over this year, and they haven't won in a while um, as far as the conference. And it's Baylor. Baylor won it all this year. But you have so many competitive teams with some good players on um, on those respective programs as well. We got Baylor, you got Texas Tech, uh, you got Texas, uh, you got Oklahoma State with Kate Cunningham, you got Oklahoma as well, uh, as well as, let me think of the other school, not Nebraska, Iowa State actually has been bad this year ever since Tyrese Halliburton left. Um, you got Kansas always. You got like six competitive teams that just be going at, including West Virginia as well. So they just be going at it over there. And you got the Big Ten with Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State barely squeaking into the tournament. They're going to be in a play-in um, tomorrow, I believe. And then uh, Ohio State has been pretty well this year. So um, it's going to be interesting. We didn't get to see the um, March Madness last year because of COVID. It's going to be interesting to see who makes a name of herself. Which mid-major school is going to make that big upset and have a player like, you know, CJ McCollum, even Steph Curry, um, John Morant, you know, make a name for themselves in this tournament. So it's going to be interesting. I'm paying attention. I'm going to be doing more draft research. Um, my favorite prospect right now, as far as being realistic, because the, the two guys I really want, they don't, I don't think they're going to be leave, leaving the top five. And Hopefully, maybe we get to the top five pick. I don't really care. Um, I want the best defensive player in the draft. And um, a guy I've been looking at from Florida State, 
Scotty Barnes, 6'8", massive wingspan, perfect NBA type, um, especially on the defensive end. He can guard, I can see him guard one through four, maybe even potentially one through five. Just a huge wingspan, willing to guard, and he's at Florida State, a very good program that I respect. Um, they have some good defensive weapons come out of that program. Jonathan Isaac, now Patrick Williams, Devin Vassell. Um, so I think he's the next tier in that. Scotty Barnes seemed like a guy he can become defensive player of the year one day. He has that type of defensive ability, in my opinion. Uh, but then the other two guys is obviously Evan Mobley. That's the dream. If we have the number, if we have the number one pick, we're taking Kay Cunningham. If we have the number two pick, I want Evan Mobley. Um, he will change the complexion of this whole Kings defense. But you know, like I said, we have to have a top two pick to be able to select Evan Mobley. So, and I don't think we're. I don't know if we're gonna have worse records. It, but it all depends on the lottery. But you look at the Pistons, the Cavs. The Timberwolves and especially the Rockets right now, which their pick goes to the Thunder. Um, there are they they're tanking harder than us right now. So, um, and Moby's gonna be that you have to be a top two pick to get him, top three at least uh, to get. He's not leaving the top three. And then also as well, I like Jonathan the Kuminga, who has I think the highest upside in his draft. Could be like a Jalen Brown two point um, like he has the body for it, uh, he has the the strength for it. Six eight, like two twenty five, um, just a lot of upside. This game is a little, still a little raw, but there's so much potential right there. And yeah, I don't really care about offense. Um, I want this Kings team to focus on getting some defensive weapons. I want to be able to get stops. I think with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton being the ball handlers, I feel like we could score with anybody. I say that constantly. I think having those two playmakers, I think we can score with any team in the NBA except for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> that's a little, that's a different level. But I think we can score with anybody other than the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we just got to be able to get stops, and that that will make the fact that we still have a top fifteen offense. The way we're not getting stops says a lot. If we were able to get you know build some momentum by getting stops, creating some turnovers. And getting on more fast breaks where we can be the best at because we have the fastest player in the league, our offense we can be easily top five. If we can just if our defense can be top twenty or top fifteen, we can have a top five offense. But we can't defend for shit. We can't defend for our lives, and it's just not fun to watch. Um, and just as a fan, I'm pretty sure all other Kings fans, it's it's hard to watch this. So when you it's hard to watch as a fan, how do you think the Players like De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton, where they have to actually play and grind through the rest of the season. So it sucks for them. Um, like like I said, a trade is going to be coming soon. Uh, I was hoping that you know this next stretch of games, because we're not we're not playing against playoff teams, would kind of like identify where we're at, and I got to see where we're at. We lost a dumb game versus the Hawks. We just lost a dumb game versus the Hornets. Uh, we beat the Rockets, but who cares if we beat the Rockets? Those motherfuckers are on a 16-game win streak. So, I mean, 16-game losing streak. So they're in they're in full rebuild rebuild mode right now. So that wasn't really a worthy win. We play the Wizards tomorrow. Who knows? And then we got to play the 76ers, Celtics, play the Hawks again. But I just don't think it's going to be enough. 
Um, not with not with Corey Joseph being the seventh man. It's just unbearable to watch. So I'm throwing in the towel, guys. Hopefully they prove me wrong. I have no problem with Kings playing winning basketball. I have no problem. I'm if they want to like go on a little streak of wins, I'm all for it. I'm not in for just tanking. Like I don't I don't really support tanking. I want to see our young players succeed. I want to see the team win and build something from that. But it's not the case right now. It looks like we're they're tanking. But like I said, it's Monte McNair's first year, so I'm gonna let him do what he needs to do, and we'll see how we go from there. Now, I wanted to just for a quick second talk about the MVP conversation. I will talk about the NFL free agency as well. But dang, 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 dang. I've seen Joel Embiid get injured. Thankfully, he's only out for two to three weeks. This messes up. This is going to impact his uh, his MVP conversation for sure. Um, we're going to have to see how Philly does without him. You know, it depends how many wins they get without him. Um, if they start losing tremendously, he comes back and just keeps playing the same numbers. We're going to see. But LeBron James, he only missed one game. He's doing his thing. Um, the only guy that's close with him, and his rec and his record is starting. You know, his record is starting to go up. Is Jokic? Jokic got the better numbers and stuff, but Jokic does have the better supporting cast than LeBron at the moment. LeBron hasn't had AD in about a month or almost two months so far. So, and he's playing at that high level, still leading his team to the top four team in the West. They just beat the Warriors by a handful amount of points last night. LeBron's about to start overtaking that MVP conversation. So, Laker fans, LeBron fans, I'm showing love today. Uh, right now, you know, depending on how these next two weeks go, LeBron's still playing at that same level. I can't keep the MVP conversation on Joel Embiid. I'm going to have to keep it on LeBron. And LeBron's going to look like he's running away with the favorite. And like I said, when it comes to him and Jokic, Jokic is starting to win games now, but Jokic has definitely has the better supporting cast than LeBron right now. But I think LeBron without AD, um, that, you know, where Kuzma, you got to rely on guys like Kuzma, Harrell, and Schroeder. And, you know, I'd rather have Jamal Murray to rely on, Paul Millsap to rely on. You know what I'm saying? Will Barton, better option, Monte Morris. So... Uh, LeBron's gonna keep doing what he's doing, playing at a high level, so I might have to, he might run away with it this year, so that should be a good thing for LeBron fans, um, to help their endless debate in a GOAT conversation, but, yeah, that Joel Embiid injury, I wanna see him win it, but, you know, we're gonna have to see how things go, that two weeks is gonna mean a lot, we'll see how LeBron do, takes advantage of Joel Embiid not, you know, being gone, we'll see how it goes. But it's going to be interesting. It still has been an interesting season, except for when it comes to my favorite team. Uh, all the young players that's balling out right now, as well as LaMelo Ball. Um, he's running away with the rookie of the year conversation. Tyrese has hit a rookie wall um, as far as these, just these past two games. He's, it's been a little bit of a rookie wall. Um, but LaMelo keeps playing at a high level as well as he's starting. Um, and it's going to be hard to beat that. As well as they're in the playoff conversation, the Hornets, playing inspiring basketball. So he's running away with it for sure. I'm not going to be mad if Tyrese don't get win rookie of the year because LaMelo has, has deserved it. And I called him to win it. So 
as long as Tyrese helps us win games, because as far as what Tyrese does on the stat sheet, what he does when you're actually watching him play means a lot more to me than what he does on the stat sheet or rookie of the year. He makes when he plays, and that's the type of guy I want. And that's, that, that's why I'm so happy that we drafted him. And on top of that, where we drafted him and how we won the draft. So that's the good things that, you know, we got to remember that the Kings won the draft. They're making good moves. Um, we just haven't seen Monte, Monte McNair reconstruct this current roster yet. But there's good things to come forward, hopefully. Um, yeah, that's it with the NBA that I'm going to leave today. I want to talk about the free agency as well. Talk about my Niners. So I'm kind of just breathing heavily. I'm checking my phone constantly, see the news and, you know, what are we going to do? Um, ooh, by the way, Bears just signed Andy Dalton and the Texans just signed Tyrod Taylor. But about my Niners, we brought back Juice for five more years, the best fullback in the league and, and fullback in the league and potentially could become the greatest fullback of all time. And Kyle Hughescheck, he is massive to our offense. He's the reason why we couldn't bring back Buckner um, because we invest we're like one of the very few teams probably out of only other one out of two teams i think ravens invest in their fullback patrick richard who's like 312 pounds by the way it's wow that's wild but um he's a huge part of our offense not only in the pass game especially in the running game as well he's versatile you can shit you can even line him up at tight end if you want to he's just a huge part of our offense and we invest five million in him for the next five years um, it's like 4.5 for over 25 years, 27 million. So that's like either 4.5, or no, 5.2 or 5.3 a year. Um, I'm glad we brought him back. We also brought back Jason Verrett for a year. who played as elite at an elite level. Jason Verrett was playing at an elite level last year, um, especially coming off those all those injuries. He's 29. I remember getting drafted in 2014. He had just had a lot of injuries, a lot of unfortunate injuries. Could have won comeback player of the year, but you know, Alex Smith went through what he went through. We also brought back Emmanuel Mosley, and we also brought back our guard, Daniel Brunskill. We signed um, Ibukam from the Rams. We restructured G D Ford's deal. And I like those, I like those moves. I think Ibukam, I'm gonna have to see what he can do. Um, I'm not super like, oh, you know. But we got some extra pass rushing depth, so we don't have to draft one with our first round pick. And we're waiting on Trent Williams. So what makes this interesting, so we have a deal with Trent Williams. We're waiting for you know his decision. He does have a chance to make more money. We're offering him four years, 80 million, 20 million a year. But there might be a team that might want to pay him 25 million a year. I'm worried that the Colts might throw a lot of money at him. Uh, maybe even the Jaguars, you know, they got the most money. Um, worry about the Colts and oh my god if you have Trent Williams and Quentin Nelson on that left side whoo that Colts O-line will be crazy but if we can get Trent Williams back that's going to change a lot of things because then in the draft with that 12th pick we might really go aggressive for QB but if we don't bring Trent Williams back then we might just draft an O-lineman in this offensive tackle heavy draft probably end up with Rashawn Slater you know what I'm saying but I would love to have Trent Williams back for like three more years he's a hall of famer 
um, a generational talent left tackle. He was a top three left tackle last season. He was the highest graded according to Pro Football Focus. Um, pro thing about Pro Football Focus is like I don't people don't like their takes or whatever. I don't really care about their takes, but they keep track on the most productive player. They're not saying who's the best player, but they keep track on like who's been the most productive. Um, keeping track of all the little stats and the things that doesn't go on the stat sheet. And um, Trent Williams was the most productive tackle last season in the NFL. I would love to have him back. He's just a dog, a monster in the run game, straight flattens people, and he's athletic at that size. It's crazy that he can move like that at that size. So I would love to have him back, and let's get this thing going. Um, and that way, if we can get Trent Williams back, we can see what we're going to do with the QB position. I think getting Jimmy Garoppolo some real competition and he's just showing that he can't really play all 16 games. He's always getting hurt. Um, I would love to get Trey Lance. Oof. I would love to get Trey Lance. We got extra third round picks. I just would love to get Trey Lance. But free agency is still going. We're going to see what's going on. I like to talk about the other teams making moves. We've seen the Patriots making a lot of making a lot of sight, um, making a lot of moves. They unfortunately signed my boy Kendrick Bourne, third down Kendrick Bourne. It's sad to see him go, but it's nice to see him get paid. Um, and he's going to be in a good situation in New England. New England also signed Nelson Aguilar, a receiver. But they, most importantly, they signed two big-time tight ends, the best tight ends oh, other than Gronkowski in this free agency class. And Jonu Smith, who I think is very underrated, he's always making plays for Tennessee. And you also got Hunter Henry as well. Um, they also got Matthew Judon. They got that D-tackle from Miami. They got Jalen Mills from Philadelphia, who is a very good hybrid uh, player, versatile, that fits with Belichick. He plays safety, he plays corner, and you can even put him in the box, linebacker. He's that versatile. And they also brought back Trent Brown. <laughs> and the Raiders also just released Rodney Hudson. Who knows what the fuck the Raiders is doing? But as you know, that's a poverty franchise now. Who doesn't care about his fans? You already know how I stand on the Raiders. Fuck them, okay? Fuck the Las Vegas Raiders. But they just lost Rodney Hudson and Trent Brown, so I don't know what they're doing with that O-line. Mind you, offense wasn't the issue for them last year. That defense is still horrific. They signed Yannick Ngakwe, but I don't think he's a number one pass rusher. Um, but we're going to see. You never know. He might be good in a different scheme, but Raiders offseason signings and free agency hasn't been particularly good because you know why? It's just the organization. You just when you have a bad organization and it's not ran well from the top, it's not gonna look well on the bottom. It's like, kind of like the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings and the Raiders are very similar. That's why I'm glad I'm not a Kings and Raiders fan. I'm glad I'm a Kings and Niners fan. That way, when I'm a Niners fan, I can just enjoy success and a well-run organization. <laughs> um, but a team that I'm, I, I like to I'm focusing on uh, that is. That I kind of like root for. I want them to succeed, and I, even though they did their fans dirty, uh, I want to see the Chargers succeed. And you know, obviously, you got this generational talent in Justin Herbert. But um, something interesting with the Packers uh, that might hurt them. The the Chargers just got the best center in football in Corey Lindsey. Uh, that's gonna help out Justin Herbert so much. Having the interior lineman, where if you if you have if you're letting somebody dominate the middle. Um, pass rushing wise it makes everything so much harder or just run stopping wise 
if you got some good interior linemen, it makes things makes life much easier. Um, and we've seen that in the Super Bowl. When you're seeing the Damakong Su and freaking Vita Vey just constantly disrupt the middle on top of that, you know, obviously the edge rushers with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul, but it all starts from the middle. And you're seeing teams spend a lot of money on interior linemen. The Chiefs spent $80 million on Joe Thune. Um, you see Chargers go all out with Corey Lindsey. Now the Packers had a decision to make where they keep Aaron Jones or Corey Lindsey, and they kept Aaron Jones. And I think they should have kept Corey Lindsey, the best center of football. That offensive line, they had the best offensive line in football last year, the Packers. And, I, you know, they have Corey Dillon. I understand Aaron Jones is a very good all-around back, but... I'm choosing between the, the best center and a top five running back. I got to go with the center to keep Aaron Rodgers protected at all costs. We're going to see what the Packers do to replace that. But I don't know. I've got some question marks. The Jets. I'm rooting for the Jets because my boy Robert Salah is over there. Um, they just signed. They got Corey Davis. They got Shaq Lawson. Uh, Shaq Lawson creates a lot of pressure. He's going to be good in that uh, Robert Salah scheme. Corey Davis can probably prove himself as a number one receiver. It's going to be interesting what they do at quarterback. We're all wondering where Sam Darnold is going to go. Could be, a, I, I can, it could be an interesting spot for the Niners. Shit, it could be an interesting spot for the Seattle Seahawks if they plan to trade Russell Wilson, which I hope happens. You know, if you want to leave Russ, just, you know, just move on. You don't need to be in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? It's the Niners division anyway. <laughs> but, um... I'm waiting on the Kenny Galladay one, but I'm really waiting on Trent Williams. We're going to see how that progresses and how that goes. I hope he don't go to no contender um, that will bite us in the ass. I really hope he comes back and finishes his career out with San Francisco. But I have no control of that. He's got to do the best for himself, and we will see what happens. But otherwise than that, just wanted to come in, um, kind of address the situations about the Kings and yeah I came on here many times talking about you know we can make the playoffs I'm here to just take my L on that you know you just gotta take your L it was a wrong prediction it is what it is I can't blame myself for trying to believe but I might just have to wait another year hopefully another year of no playoffs I'm calling it now yeah there's no playoffs this year so it is officially draft time Alright, so I'm do my research on that. As y'all know, I work both jobs. I work two jobs. So I know my upload has been a little slower, but I'm not giving up on it. I'm going to upload when I can. I got work later in an hour and a half. I um, want to make sure I push this episode out. And yeah, as, I, as always, I appreciate for whoever's listening. I'm going to end it here. So peace.